Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, and thank you for joining us today for Live Dharma Sunday. Please note that if you have called in to listen to today's broadcast, that all lines have been placed on mute to avoid background interference. If you're listening from any of our Bright Dawn sites, note that it is not necessary to call in. You may have to wait a second or two for the loading and buffering process to complete, but if there is still no audio, please refresh your page. For more information about Bright Dawn and its activities, and links to our social media sites, please visit brightdawn.org. Once again, thank you for listening to Live Dharma Sunday, and enjoy the talk. Welcome, everyone, to Live Dharma Sunday for August 5th, 2018. Koyo Kubose here. So very, very glad you join us. Well, we're into the month of August and middle of summer. I know a lot of weather things are happening all over the world. Floods and fires and climate change. <laughs> yeah. You know, Mother Nature showing us, you know, we're not the bosses. <laughs> What's going on? Um, I want to talk about today, just mention a little bit about uh, kindness and consideration of others that others show us. Um, in fact, there was one teacher that wrote a book called The Other or something like that, that in Buddhism, there's a much more consideration of the other rather than oneself and um, I was thinking about some customs like in Japan if they drop in for a visit uh, to a friend or family member they'll always bring a gift of some sort you know they won't come empty handed although my father had an essay called empty handed meaning that Literally, you're not empty-handed. You brought a gift. But you're not attached to the fact that you gave this gift. So in that sense, you're empty-handed. Or the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing, which is a good thing. Because sometimes in Japan, things get... There's always a potential for a little bit... Uh, um, uh, <clears throat> taken for granted or something like this where, uh, oh, so-and-so's, you know, they, they, they stockpile gifts because when they go visit, they're going to give a gift. And when people come visit them, they're going to give a gift and they sort of keep track. If so-and-so all gave a gift 
of you know this kind of value uh, I want to reciprocate equally okay and it's not so much like it becomes habitual and take it for granted um, but I think if you have these kinds of customs it's maybe like a Mother's Day or something like that it's not like oh you, it's just put on you appreciate your mother and you take them out for breakfast or something like that on Mother's Day and of course, it doesn't mean that you don't appreciate and love your mother on all the other days of the year. And it doesn't mean that you're just doing it out of obligation to have some special things on Mother's Day. Okay. But we might give a little thought to that once in a while where when we think of others, there are some, I won't say snags, but things where, uh, you know, like taking for granted or uh manipulating it or you know all the all the trade offs of the possible downsides of it but attribute motives to the other we just take care of ourselves okay? be concerned and show consideration for others and if we're on that wavelength we really are aware and appreciate when the kindness and consideration is to us from others. And we really have, you know, awareness of gratitude. Um, My son and his wife and their daughter came to visit this weekend. They had just come back from a trip to Japan uh, for a two-week vacation. And they shared all their, of course, their pictures on their blog site and they brought all these gifts for us. I mean, you know, when, you, when, you, when you're traveling and you say, oh, you know, you want to get gifts for family members or something like this, it's not the, a chore. And yet we shouldn't say, oh, man, you know, that takes some concentration, some trouble, some, you know, effort that goes into it. You know? What kind of gifts to get? You know, appropriate gifts and so forth. And uh, they uh, they live about a three-hour drive away, so they, we see them, you know, maybe once a month or so on the average. And this time when they came, they brought all those gifts. They And he also uh, looks around our property and gets ideas for things to improve things. And one project was a security system, you know, cameras and so forth and so we had talked about it and you know and he brings it and uh, so spent time setting it up four cameras here and here wireless and uh, uh, motion detector and all this stuff and it pings your phone when it's activated you know and in fact just this morning Adrian said you want to see a deer and so she she went to her phone and brought up a deer visit from in the evening because it's infrared, you know, doesn't need the light for make a video. So, oh, yeah, there's the deer coming, <laughs> coming to visit, seeing, getting a little snack, maybe a bar of roses or something like that. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> Bailey, our daughter-in-law, says, oh, don't worry about anything to cook. I'm bringing everything. And, you know, 
Saturday morning. I get up pretty early, you know, around 5.30. She was already up cooking a fish porridge. It was a Vietnamese dish. Delicious. <laughs> and in fact, they even brought a vacuum, their own vacuum cleaner, upright vacuum cleaner in their SUV. And, and my son was vacuuming the living room. <laughs> we had done it earlier, but maybe yesterday or something like that. But, you know, with two dogs, wow, it's amazing how much fur comes up. And, uh, yeah, it's really, uh, I was thinking, you know, the kindness of others, uh, friends, family, it's really a blessing or a richness in life, okay? When we think about the source of joy and happiness, huh? it never, you know, it always involves the kindness of others. It's a tremendous thing. Uh, okay, I'd like to introduce our guest to give us a Dharma glimpse today, William Toyo. Uh, he is part of our uh, LM6 group, and he was inducted as the Bright Dharma Play Minister in 2014. He lives in Southern California. And here's Bill Toyo. Good morning, everyone. It's nice to be uh up and about, and it's a beautiful day in Santa Barbara. Um, just, uh, I was thinking about this uh, when I was putting together my Dharma glimpse, and it kind of reminded me again uh, of something that Reverend Koyo just said about uh, mothers, and this kind of has, is related to my Dharma glimpse also. But uh, my mother is very ill, and she was in a, um, a nursing home. Uh, she wasn't that old, but she just had a lot of medical problems. Uh, and I'd get a call from my brothers and say, the doctors say, your mom is, is, is going really fast. You better you better come out. So that's in Alabama, and I'm in California. So I hop on a plane. I go out there. I walk in. My mother sees me and has a miraculous recovery. I mean, you would not even ever think that there's anything wrong with her. And just it brightens up and a smile on her face and we have a normal conversation. So I leave, come back. About a month later, get a call again. So I fly out again, walk in, same thing. You know, she's on her deathbed now. She just rises up. She's cheerful. She's talking. She takes a walk with me. You know, there's nothing, so I come home again. This happens three times, and then the fourth time, my brother called me. I said, you know, I, I, it's a strain. I just, you know, I've been out three times. I just really can't afford to fly out again, you know. I don't know what's happening, and um, so I didn't, and my mother passed away. And I always think about that, um, going out that final time. But you just make those decisions. But uh, the whole point of this is just uh, that willpower of people and their and their mind and what can happen uh, with with that happening with me going out there and her just 
having that great recovery and all. It, it was just it was, uh, unbelievable uh, and probably unexplainable. But my Dharma today also is something that uh, I kind of stumbled on on the Internet every day. Uh, do, do Buddhists pray? My best friend, uh, Chewie, and his wife are... I call them full-time professional missionaries. They're just arriving back from Argentina just a few weeks ago. I don't know if they want to call themselves professional, but that's what they've dedicated their lives to and belong to an organization that's worldwide that go throughout the world and do missionary work. Also, my two brothers are devoted Southern Baptists, and my son is a Methodist minister. And I'm getting requests for prayer through Face, Twitter, other social media, pretty much every day. Um, so the other day, as usual, I got a mailbox full requesting me to pray for this or that or for this person. And that got me thinking about, do Buddhists pray? So do I always answer all these requests? And I guess I do in my own way. Um, I don't get down on my knees and, and raise my head up and pray to a superior Clear, but um, I do uh, put a lot of uh, thought into it and, and send out positive energy uh, in my own way. So, it also made me think about a movie. And the movie, Oh God, by George Burns, appears to a grocery clerk and delivers a message to mankind. The grocery clerk, played by John Denver, has many conversations with God. And at the end of the movie, God says his message has been delivered, and he will be going now. The clerk says, can we still talk again sometimes? God, in the form of George Burns, says, I'll make you a deal. You talk, I'll listen. This is a Christian concept of prayer, a one-sided conversation with God. Now, since Buddhists don't believe in God, in what sense is it possible for Buddhists to pray? I remember as a child, oh, probably four or five years old, being called a children's prayer. I was brought up in the Episcopal uh, religion. Uh, but even at that age, the sent up a red flag. I remember, now lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. I'm thinking back then. First off, you're telling me I might die in my sleep tonight. And I'm not sure what the soul thing is all about, but I'm keeping it. And thank you. I'm thinking, hey, I have a birthday coming up soon. You know, ice cream cake. I'm not giving my soul up for that. Not at all. You know, kids... Uh, minds wander, and, and but sometimes they, you know, can uh, see through things. So many years later, at my entrance interview at the University of South, also known as Suwannee, um, with a kind of a short-lived thought of becoming an Episcopal clergyman, I thought about that all through my youth. The question came up about God and my belief in prayer. And the interview came to a abrupt halt. 
it was not so much about prayer as it was my doubts about God. So, so much for being an altar boy for all those years. Prayer is an important part of religion uh, and religious lives for many people around the world. For the faithful and many theistic religions, prayer is the way of having a relationship with their God or the Buddha or Bodhisattva or, or goddess and we feel a sacred connection or any object of worship. People may pray in order to praise their Lord, confess their sins, uh, ask for forgiveness or guidance, share their thoughts or feelings, or simply be in the presence of holiness. Or you may just pray without having anyone to pray to. Um, practicing both Zen and Zen Buddhism uh, throughout uh, my years, and now it's bright dawn, uh, in Shin Buddhism, by contrast, we seldom come across the word prayer. We are almost never encouraged to pray. Uh, to pray. Uh, the reasons for this are many, but simply put, Buddhism is a path for teaching, practice, and awakening. And the Buddha is not a guide. Amida Buddha is not a deity to whom we pray for salvation. Saying Namu Amida Bhutsu, we are taught, is our expression of gratitude for Amida's benevolence and not a call for help. So I'm thinking Buddhists do not bow their heads and talk to the Buddhas, but you see a lot of chanting, and that might be prayers. We chant vows, aspirations, offerings. But Buddhists don't pray to a creator guide. But we do have a devotional uh, uh, meditation practices, which could be compa uh, compared to praying, I guess. The word mantra is a word, a syllable, a, a phrase, a short prayer. that's spoken once or repeated over and over again. It's common use uh, also in some religion, prayer beads, some mala beads, to mark the number of repetitions of a, a mantra or a tool to help the mind focus on uh, meditation. In Tibet, prayer is going on most of the time. Tibetans pray in a special way. They believe that when certain sounds and words called mantras are said many times, they arouse good vibration within the person. If a mantra is repeated often enough, it can open up the mind to consciousness, which is beyond, beyond words and thoughts. You find in Tibetan Buddhism the use of prayer flags, prayer wheels. I see myself prayer flags and prayer wheels fall somewhere in between loving kindness practice and uh, a mantra. Um, in fact, I see prayer flags and prayer wheels really as a, a mantra flag or a mantra wheel for the most part, since mantras are prominent in each. Tibetans believe that as prayer flags flap the wind and as a prayer wheel is spun, the blessings of the mantras will spread out on the wind and have a beneficial effect on all beings. I always remember uh, going up to Bright Dawn and between the sanctuary and the house, uh, they have uh, the prayer flags strung out between two uh, beautiful trees. Uh, and uh, it, it's really uh, pleasing and, and to see those flapping in the wind and always kind of stop and, and take time to kind of appreciate that. Um, 
Cancer works in, in, to a large extent by giving the mind a rest from the incessant angry and grasping and anxious thoughts that plague us in our everyday lives. And with these uh, various forms of practice going on with Buddhism, it would be hard to claim that there is no prayer in Buddhism. With all the differences I pointed out between Buddhist prayer and the prayer of mainstream theistic traditions, you can see the similarities are probably much stronger than the differences. But I, I think prayer is a, a very personal thing also. Also, uh, science, you know, it really does not explain how it's possible. Um, recent scientific studies suggest that prayers have the power to heal. We have known since ancient times that our hearts and minds are so powerful that concentrated direction of our attention and prayers at times can work. Um, also, what's happening in our in our society now? Um, there's a terminolo- terminology in uh, Buddhist terminology, and, and it's called the word is, is mapo in Japanese, used to describe periods of turmoil and upheaval in society and personal life. The reality of METHO in our time is evidence in climate change, other natural disasters, world politics, the immorality of war and racism, along with alienation and anxiety and the aloneness that plagues modern society. But for this reason alone, I think everything is under suspicion. This is all the reason that prayer, meditation, chanting, prayer flags, prayer wheels, the prayer beads, everything that I mentioned, whatever your choice, I believe it should be added to your spiritual toolbox and now more than ever used whenever possible and wherever possible. Natural disasters, and I think uh, as I mentioned earlier uh, today on the broadcast, uh, I just read a, uh, I just want to add, I read an article in New York Times that in California, since 2012, there's been one fire a month in California. I mean, that's that just that set me back. One fire a month since 2012. So, Dr. Ed, uh, finally, I remember a long time ago in San Francisco, my teacher, Suzuki, when asked, advised, if you feel like praying, then pray and worry about the theology afterwards. That's wise advice. And one more thing I stumbled on now in uh, with today is something I, I might have been a quote from uh, Alan Watts. I can't really remember, but he was saying, sanity is wine and Islam is coffee. Buddhism is most certainly tea. And I was thinking about that and I'm saying, you know, in my practice, I think that it might be two or three shots of espresso at times. So thank you very much, and I hope everyone has a wonderful summer and hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you. Thank you very much. <clears throat> what a great topic. And... Some decades ago, I know that some uh, Buddhist leaders, you know, in in the West, Asians coming to the West, they um, uh, uh, say, in terms of terminology, okay, terminology is an important topic. 
Well, if we use words, <clears throat> our choice of words, and if they're appropriate or not, or they could lead to misunderstandings and so forth, you know, words like prayer, faith, and uh, can be problematic. Um, but this this religious leader said, we shouldn't be uh, so quick to just say, oh, Buddhists don't pray, period. Um, that word is so has become so uh, widespread, and it might be helpful to use that word and use it as a means to introduce the Buddhist interpretation okay, of this very uh, ubiquitous religious ritual. And if <clears throat> Buddhists are, ch- if non-Buddhists see Buddhists chanting or saying a mantra or um, just putting their hands together in gusho and bowing, so wow, they you might interpret it dualistically in terms of praying to an external God, but of course, all Buddhists know that we don't do that. Okay. My father always used to say, used to say, uh, <clears throat> no petitionary prayer in Buddhism. We don't petition or ask for favors from an all-powerful God. Um, but, <clears throat> well, there was a, uh, when I was visiting New York when they had a 60th anniversary celebration and um, the minister there, his he brought his teacher from Japan to give a series of lectures. And uh, <clears throat> during one session, there was a question from one of the New York Buddhist members uh, in the question and answer period, you know, and he said, you know, I, I have a friend whose child is seriously ill. Now, as, as, as if a friend, a Christian friend, they might likely say, well, I'm going to pray for your child. As a Buddhist, what, what can I do to help my friend? And the speaker said right away, try to seek out, use your connections or try to seek out, share your knowledge about uh, any health uh, options and things like this and offer emotional support to the friend and so forth. Very (laughs) straightforward, common sense, practical, you know, uh, I don't think, you know, there's no superstition, okay, Sometimes people think that um, uh, asking for a blessing or saying a mantra, hoping for a, a you know most fortunate uh, result, is what's going on. But I would say that blessings and so forth are more an expression that you're already blessed and all the becoming more aware of all the things that brought you where you are, and uh, that's a Buddhist blessing. Um, And I think that very personal expression of what's deepest within oneself. And in in Shin Buddhism, they talk about Hongan or primal 
deepest primal vow or wish. You know, you're gone. The horn means fundamental. Gone means, a, well, I could sometimes call it a vow. Sometimes called a primal vow or a fundamental wish deep within oneself for how you want to live your life. And how you want to just give your individual self over to the universal self. That's one way of expressing it. And naturalness, spiritual naturalness of wanting to live in a certain way. Um, And when we make uh, wishes for the other, for another person, um, you know, it's not superstitious, but, you know, superstition, I used to be very adamant about, no, no, I I don't believe any superstitious behavior, especially being trained as a scientist and in modern education, you know, uh, we don't want to have anything to do with superstitious behavior or luck, things like this. You know, things have causes. But at the same time, I was thinking, don't get too glib on that. There's something very human involved here. For example, I think the event is okay. How you interpret it is where we have to be careful. Maybe in some uh, uh, African tribe in the deep in the jungle, they have us. They have a ritual. I I heard this someplace once that if somebody did you know stole something and, and the leader wants to find out who did it, and he lines up the usual suspects, and he heats up a knife, and he says, "Stick out your tongue. If you're innocent, you have nothing to worry about." But if you're guilty, yeah, this will burn you. And they all stick out their tongue. And, and you think, well, oh, this makes the guilty one. <laughs> you know, if he really believes somehow that this process, you know, done by the religious leader of their clan, okay, and it works, he'll run away when it comes his turn, when the knife is brought, hot knife is brought in front of him. Um is this superstitious behavior? You know, it's it, it's working. I mean, it discloses the culprit. But another interpretation is that more scientific, perhaps, is uh, you see, if you if you get nervous, <laughs> you're the thief. Your mouth gets dry, tongue is dry, and a hot knife will burn it much more easily than a regular saliva and moist tongue for all the innocent non-worried suspects okay or even let's say somebody we have some people who have a tibetan background and they you know said oh i'd like to give you these prayer flags tibetan prayer flags and we'll hang it up in your backyard okay between two trees oh great and the way it was explained to me was that these prayer flags, all maybe five, six different colors, and they're small flags, and this thing's written on them. It says, oh, they're written in, you know, Tibetan prayers, and it's put to the west of the house, and the 
usually we get westerly winds and it blows the flags toward the house and says, well, so all these blessings and prayers are blowing <laughs> onto your residence. Now, isn't that a nice thought? It doesn't have to be superstition in terms of, well, you know, <clears throat> yeah, I'm asking for blessings or this is somehow going to work in a mysterious way to bring us good fortune. No, I, I think the real effect here is that uh, it's the expression of kindness, concern, and knowing that someone felt that and expressed it through this ritual makes you smile and and makes you also look within yourself and say, yeah, I'm I'm really blessed, you know, to have such friends and so forth. And in the same way, I thought in Japan, they have what's called the uh, amamori, which is a little sort of an amulet. Now, I don't know how ordinary citizens in Japan maybe exactly <laughs> interpret these things, but they're omelets that are different temples or shrines have their own specialty. Good fortune in passing a test or uh, getting pregnant or business success, different things that they sort of specialize in. And they sell these little trinkets uh, that are to help bring these things about. Now, you might buy this and say, oh, I'm going to give this to, to, to some loved ones or good friends. One of them might be safe driving. And in fact, I, I received one of those. Okay? It has a, even has a little bell on it and so forth. And you hang it on your rear view mirror. And you know it works. Now, how it works is the way I interpret it is like, is like this. When you, when we see this thing hanging up on the rearview mirror, okay, it's in a place where you're going to see it every time you drive, and you're reminded of a, of the kindness and concern of a friend or a family member that gave you this, and it reminds you to drive safely, doesn't it? You know. Not only that, but just like that hot knife on a tongue, there's something in there that's going on here. You know, saliva and whatnot. But here, they have a little bell on this omelet. And if you take a turn too fast, it'll kind of jiggle that bell. And I interpret that as saying, oh, that's a reminder. You know, slow down. Uh, take it easy. Drive safely. <laughs> so there's something even physical that's kind of embedded in there that helps you but not in any superstitious way. Um, I think this whole idea of uh, prayer you know, as an expression of a deepest wish okay, or concern for others and, and so forth, uh, this is really uh, to be encouraged okay, and in Buddhism in a certain kind of a way. Well, 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 um, that's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, keep going, and you have a day of beautiful prayers. Thank you.